No 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 Welcome back to another episode of Rejects. This is your host, Constance Patton. Beer, 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 beer. 2020, right? Here we go. Um, this is a very special episode featuring Emily Panic, one of the homegirls, comedian, super beautiful, funny lady. She does stand-up, illustrations. She's made music. She's doing probably at a club near you. She's a very talented writer. And she does characters like Barb at Coachella, who is talking fashion. She runs a freaking fashion uh, blog on Instagram. Catch her everywhere. One at home, girl. She had the best wedding in the world. It was a literal, literal, literal festival with all the homies there when she married the wonderful and beautiful LP, one half of Run the Jewels. And she's one of my favorite friends. I love you, girl. We recorded this episode at her place in Brooklyn about eight weeks ago before the whole world went into panic and we all were told to stay inside by the powers that be who I guess are our dads. I don't know. Whatever. Just stay safe out there. Spread love. Go on Instagram. Check out all the people doing stuff. I know Mihoko is live right now. Talim's doing stuff. D-Nice. All y'all. Boogie Blind. All of us out here making our weird stuff. So, thanks. So, this one's really fun. It's a chaotic situation anyway. So, enjoy the chaotic opening. And tell your mom. I say hi. Hey, mom. And all that stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, this is a really quick intro to the intro that I recorded with my niece, BK, coming straight out of BK, where we are right now in BK, on quarantine, drinking quarantinis, and, you know, basically just <laughs> trying to, like, have some calmness in this world of chaos. So, with that... I'm going to introduce, we're actually going to do an introduction together for Emily Panic's uh, episode. She was great. Brooklyn did a great job. This is our first time ever co-hosting a program, and there'll be many more. Are you going to host again with me, you think? Nope. 
There you heard it here first. She'll do it again next time, even though she says no. She did a great job. Um, thanks for listening. And then here's me in Brooklyn. It's chaotic as F. It's a chaotic AF, right, Brooklyn? It! Yeah, that sums it up very well. All right, man. Thanks for listening. Here we go. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. We're here t- today. Welcome back to Rejects. I'm here in our studio apartment studio. We have an apartment? We live in Brooklyn's apartment. room. Uh, my name is not Brooklyn. My name is Kate. In Kate's room. And we have our own audience Why here. Why do you keep on forgetting my name? <laughs> I mean, you just change it so many times. So we're here broadcasting for Rejects. And we're... Uh, Going a little bit of stir crazy. So, Brooklyn. Wait, my name is BK. BK, how was your day? Great. How was your day? It's pretty good. It was pretty good. Did you do anything interesting? Uh, I got more Robux. What's that? It's like this thing on Roblox, and your parents have to pay, like for your. It's from you had to take money off your car for it. So you have. So it's like. I got. What do you do with it? You can get stuff whatever you want. Talking to the mic, babe. You could get whatever you want. Oh, like uh, sandwiches or? Uh, I don't think of that. Mm. So I have this house that was for eight zero zero dollars. Eight hundred. Mm-hmm. But it also came with a car. Free what? car. A free car. All right. Well, that's it's cool. A, it's, the car's an SUV and it's legendary. It's a legendary. Yep. Cool. Oh, wait. Hold up. We're, no, no, we're doing the radio show now. You can't go nowhere. Oh, Ten man. Minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man is right. <laughs> this is Brooklyn. I'm Constance. Welcome back to Rejects. And today, I'm I'm we're sitting here with my, with my niece. niece. And we are going to show you how to sing. Well, in a minute, we'll show you how to sing. But first, ah! first, we're going to introduce um, Our names. Emily Panic. <laughs> this yeah. is so messy. These are the shout outs. <laughs> yeah, let's do some shout outs. Shout out to who? Your mom. Shout out to Kira. Shout out to Emily. Shout out to Emily Panic, girl. We had so much fun. Shout out through. to Sasha. Shout out to Sasha. Shout out to uh, Kaya. Shout out to Kendra. Kendra. Shout out to Evan. Evan. Shout out to Taki. Shout out to Taki. Shout out to everyone. No, shout out everyone. to uh, who else? It's your shout out. To the cat in the closet that's hiding. <laughs> Sage. That's really scary. Shout out to Popeye behind us. Like, he's been holding it down for, like, literally... Four months. Like, no, he's been around for, like, four years, almost. So do you remember Emily Panic? Do you remember when we went to the Universal Circus? Yeah! Yeah? You remember the clowns? Dang, you don't remember it. I'm scared of clowns. I'm scared of clowns! It was, uh, they had these dope clowns that were dancing, and everybody was, like, so excited about them. You don't remember? They had dreadlocks. They were all types of colors. Uh, so what's the first thing you remember in life? Huh? What's your first memory? My first memory was when I saw my mommy. Really? Dun, 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 dun. What was she wearing? I mean, take your time. A blue dress <laughs> with dots. Oh, she was? Oh, okay. What's your first memory of me? <laughs> seven months when you were seven months old yeah. oh man I'm hitting you with the real questions tell me where you come from New York New York no tell me where you come from can you, so you hear come me from? can you hear no, me no you can can you hear me no are you sure because no. you should be able to hear me with these 
Wait, you're in this one and I'm in that one? Yeah, I mean, or I don't know. You're you're controlling this. Wait, mess. you're wait, you're on this side. I'm on this side. Okay. All right. So um, so you're out of school right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how's that feel? Virus. Stupid virus. So like. What is stupid? It means stupid in Spanish. Don't play with the mic stand, baby girl. It's professional. We're being professional. Dun dun. Okay. Now we're gonna show you. No, how we're not there yet. <laughs> Slow down. Can I? I wanna hold it though. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooklyn. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I won't be able to use this. So about myself, that uh. What are you into? Wait, what does that mean? Like, what do you like to do? I like to hang out with my sister and go to my neighbors because me and my sister go to our neighbors to have play dates. Oh, cool! What kind of stuff do you do at the play date? We go outside and play on trampoline. We play tag. We play hide and seek, and we play games. Sometimes she goes to our house. We mostly we, she comes to our house, and I, mostly I see her more because she goes to the school. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, what else do you do? Like, are you on any teams or anything? No. You're on the gymnastics team. Yeah, but I don't go to gymnastics. No well, more. just not right now because they're, they're closed right now because why? Of, because of the Virus. pandemic. The pandemic. The pandemic. Cheers. It means that there's a virus uh, going around all over the world. It's the coronavirus, so everyone's staying near your house. Everyone's staying in like Zango house. Why? Wait, who? Wait. So that's why you're not in gymnastics. So you've been doing gymnastics for how long now, though? Like, how many uh, years? Two months. Two years? You've been two doing years. it for two years. That's what I just said. You said two months. Two years, yeah, two yeah. years. Yeah. What's your favorite part about it? That I get to hang with my friend, two oh. best friends, Sasha, my three friends, Sasha, Maria, and Isabella. Oh, they're very cool girls. They're very good at gymnastics. Do, 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 do. What else do you like to do? Do you like to make stuff? But on the well, I don't want to go, but are we going to Florida at gymnastics, like they said? Um, We have to see. Right now, things are kind of up and down. So... You'll be able to go there, though. Once it's all, everything's clear, then yeah. Can you hear yourself sing? <laughs> Are you just listening to yourself sing right now? Okay, I can hear you, but I don't. I see the way you spend it. I have no fear to totter. I have no fear to fall. Why do you have a surface fear if I follow you? Because this is a I'm hot, a hot mess. I'm a new Jay. You can't stop it because I'm Mrs. Jake. Oh, sorry. Do you have any questions for me? No. None? You can't even think of one? No. 
This is a tattoo. Well, thanks for joining me, Brooklyn. You're pretty wild. Do you have any advice for other kids out there that might be bored what to do during the coronavirus? Yes, because they can just listen to me. So this was a cool experiment today. All right, thank you again for joining us. Yep, have a great day. Bye. Bye, we love Mommy, you so pause. much. Mommy, pause it. Pause it. You don't have to pause it. <laughs> just say hi, Mommy. Just do one thing. Mommy, just say hi. Bye, Mommy. You're friends with power lawyers? <laughs> One. Yeah. I, I am, actually. I have a lot of power lawyers. I know some power lawyers. They're, they're, they, like, pride themselves on being <clears throat> assholes, really. Uh, which I aspire to. <laughs> I'm going to be so famous. I'm going to be such a dick. Like my husband. Bear, bear, bear. Are you still there, sweetie? Okay, let me hear you in the mic, girl. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, 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 check. Talk. I'll probably just talk at this volume. Okay. <laughs> in a monotone. I don't really speak loud. I don't think. Definitely don't show speaker. emotion. I don't. I don't. Some, okay. I mean, maybe sometimes a little bit. No, fuck that. But not really. No. No. No emotion allowed. <laughs> no, never. <clears throat> All right, well, cheers. Salud. Cheers. Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. I, was, I heard you and your husband making out and everything was gross. We were not making out. <laughs> it's disgusting. No, no, we're making out. We only hold hands once a year. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, that's how you keep love strong. Yeah. That's what you got to do. We just grip each other's hands. We just clasp. Yeah, y'all look. In public. It looked intense. Just. <laughs> And then you go, okay, and we'll then see you next year. <laughs> and then you presented him with Trump deodorant. The the no, I wish I could take credit for that, <laughs> but that was all Amici. <laughs> Thanks, Michi. Thanks, Michi. Was... <laughs> What's it called? Success. 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 I love yeah. that it's a deodorant. I thought it was a cologne spray. It should be. I, I do want to smell what no, success smells like. I literally need deodorant. That is funny. Ooh. God. Let me oh, what does it smell that. like? Let me smell like that. A sh- like, like in gold? It's flakes of pure gold. Like your car or something? Yeah. Oh, no. It smells like a taxi. I mean, it just smells like any deodorant Mm-mm. that I could get it's at like Walgreens. This shit yeah. smells terrible. It smells like straight up soap. Yeah, I mean. Like, like Axe body spray. Yeah, it does. It's a little Axe-ish. Soap-sex. It smells like soap-sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for letting me come to your place and uh, get up in your business. About to get in your business. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So um, we're in Brooklyn right now. Mm-hmm. That's dope. No, I'm really happy you're on the show. You're one of my favorite people in the world. You're one of my favorite people, Constance. I'm happy to be on the show. I know you were asking me for a long time and you were like, when are you going to be on? And I was like, I don't know, like whenever. And then finally you were like, can you do it this day? And I was no, like, yes. That's the, that's key. the key. The key is just being like, what about this day? Because you're like, when? I was like, no, what? I mean, when is when? Who because, knows? And I'm like, well, you know, at some point. At some point. Yeah, I think I need like a hard and fast date um, to, yeah. 
Because I'm otherwise, I'm just gonna be like, ah, it'll happen eventually. I guess. Yeah, I and it know. did. It's it's good. Yeah. It it's like it's weird because I wanted to start the projects. So I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and now I'm like, oh, it's like it's like happening. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, like fuck it. It just took a little bit longer. I don't give. A, I don't care. Yeah, me I, don't, I don't care. Oh, I can hear. So good now. Yeah, I love this little mixer that you have. That's cool. Scotty set it up for me. Wow, that's sick. It's good. Well, I was like, I wanted something I can make music on also. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's small. It holds me up in uh, airports. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, just, it's not like uh, drugs or no. anything like that. So, yeah, it's cool. It works. I can go everywhere with it. And I don't have to be in the studio. So, where do you, so you have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's happened to you. When it was it called? Tell me all about and it. And I'm finding the ghost, and I'm going to show ah! you. <laughs> um, what was the question? <laughs> I'm spit my fucking computer. Um, you yeah, you have a podcast. Mm-hmm. What? Tell me about it. Okay. Tell my all my dozens <laughs> of listeners around. Okay. Dozens of countries. Um. So the podcast I have is called ghosts to show you like a play on ghost to show you with ghosts <laughs> yeah um and it's a podcast where me and my friend Lillian who is uh my comedy partner um we host a comedy show together we do stand up together etc and we both are kind of obsessed with ghosts and we always have been and um I personally have uh I love like ghost content which is also why I love Halloween because that's when all these you know like Jezebel, for instance, hosts a uh, scary story contest where they do readers write in yeah. with their best scary stories. This year, to be honest, I thought it was a little bit lackluster, but in the past there have been some really good ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for all I know, they could just be like creepy pastas, essentially. They could be fake, but I love just, and I read like Reddit threads. Um, you read Reddit? Yeah. I am addicted to Reddit. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a little nation Reddit for... There's a subreddit for practically everything. Uh, yes. Um, so, yes, I do read uh, some of the things that are creepy process. What is it? It's uh, R No Sleep, you know. That's that's like the that's subreddit. subreddit. No Sleep, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I look at uh, uh, a lot of them. I like the Tumblr Reddit, which is just screenshots of Tumblr. Oh, great. It's Tumblr without a Tumblr. I like uh, Black People Twitter. I like. Uh, oh, I need to follow that. It's one. good. White people Twitter is good too. I don't follow <laughs> it, but it's fucking good. I pop in there. No, I would. I'm always trying to. Fa- I'm always peeping in on black black Twitter um, as much as I can. I've literally googled what is black Twitter before because I'm like I think that I'm on it. I think it's just certain people that you follow, but then people will be like, "This has been popping off on black Twitter," and I'm like, "Where is it?" <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. Well, that's the thing about Reddit. That's funny. Is I'm I'm I do Instagram or whatever. Like that's fine, but. Reddit is this place where a lot of the shit is is like created, like a lot of the yeah. weird memes mm-hmm. and stuff. It and, originates in on uh, Reddit. Yes, it's, I literally was passing cat memes with my friend last night until like two in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I love like, am I the asshole? I don't know if you. Yeah, that and like they make me so mad. I it <laughs> makes okay. So for you fucking normies, am I the asshole? Is basically like um, people writing in like. Oh, I just kicked my mom out of the house. Like, am I the am asshole? Am I the asshole? 
And you're like, you are the asshole. Yeah. Or sometimes you're like, you're not. Sometimes it's more nuanced, but... Um, it's not very nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sometimes it is. I like when it is. Because then sometimes it's just like... Um, literally people saying she's like oh should i what was one like i'm vegetarian i don't eat any meat i don't want to see nobody's meat like i'm having a wedding i don't want to see nobody's i don't want to see no meat okay well you're the asshole sorry i'm already yeah i'm I'm forming and they're like well you know i invited everyone and blah 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 blah. i don't want to and you're like okay you don't want to see like you can't control what you see if you can control what you eat yeah and it's like kind of people are like well it's your wedding dude not the asshole so people are always nta or esh everybody sucks here or you're <laughs> yeah, the right. asshole yta and people are like oh yeah no you're not the asshole and i'm like i swear to god like i really no you're the asshole i like hate i like hate read that one that's yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah sometimes it makes you angry yeah. um but the reason i brought up reddit is because basically uh i enjoy consuming ghost content and I also have tried to find ghost podcasts that I like, but none of them really scratched that itch for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like a well-produced podcast where people are telling ghost stories, and that's what it started out that we were going to do. With we were going to, you know, interview people telling their true paranormal experiences, which we do as our quote bonus ghost episodes. But so what our podcast is is we go and we do paranormal investigations, but we are dumb. It's and we funny. get kind of drunk and we yeah. just like kind of stumble around uh, various haunted places. And, you know, we try to conduct interviews and people think we're crazy. I mean, there's one, <laughs> there's not that many episodes out of the actual investigations because sure. there's a, a third one that is forthcoming. I'm just waiting for um, my friend Jesse Rudoy, who does all the sound design on mm-hmm. it, to finish doing it. Um, so it should be out in the next couple days, but, uh, we did one of them outside this room that's supposedly haunted and supposedly the maritime hotel is haunted by children. Um, because a long time ago it was the covenant house and it was, um, which is where like runaways would go and it was run by this priest who turned out was molesting them. Yeah. Okay. It's in Chelsea. Okay. Um, so anyway, we stand outside this door and I hear kids in there and I'm like, Oh my God, I wonder if it's an actual kid. And because we're dumb. And so then I go down to the front desk and I was like, I was just wondering, is anybody staying in this room? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they're like, why? And I'm like, no, just wondering if there was some ghost children in there, but I guess it's probably just a family. Um, so it's a lot of that. It's, it's very silly, but I think it's really fun. And I, we spend a lot of time creating it and editing it and it's uh, really well we produced. write whole you know we write a script for it we write voiceover we have sound design etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah it's, it, it's good I it's like, like it. it sounds like <laughs> i just said it's good i like my own <laughs> that's the shit girl you gotta you gotta yeah. you know like mm-hmm. i like this yeah shit show yeah it's <laughs> my yeah it's my jam Hell yeah <laughs> oh jam. it is my jam but um so yeah it kind of like I was very impressed because I come from listening to public radio and I kind of stopped listening to it just because whatever, it's so political now. I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about stories of people anymore. It's kind of like lean into things. I mean, I guess it depends on the show. I was just listening to this American life while I was cleaning the house today because it's easy enough to put in AirPods, like put your phone down and then Mm -hmm. walk around and like clean shit. But I still love this American life. I mean, you know, sometimes they have like a, whatever a weird episode or a political episode but this yeah i didn't listen to this week i listen to it pretty much every week 
I do yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, no, that's so because you guys are very like it's like it, as if Ira Glass like had you produce a ghost show, but right. you guys are drunk. Exactly. And it's definitely modeled after something like This American Life yeah. where they're like walking, you know, some of them where they're walking around and Leaves talking. Crunching. Yeah, exactly. And mm. you can hear like the sounds of the street. Um, <laughs> but then like they do their little voiceover. So, yeah. Good shit. Yeah. So um, let's back it up. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, it's <laughs> soft. Wow. This is not soft. I really like the Trader Joe's toilet paper. Oh. You heard it here first. Nice. Yep. This episode is sponsored by Trader Joe's. Nice no, fine, fine. <laughs> Don't say that. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, for real, Trader Joe's. <laughs> I love it. I would totally do a Ari yes. on my nose. Be dope. Yeah, so um so yeah, tell me where you come from. Um I was raised in well, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, because my parents are my parents were both both union organizers, and they were both organizing in Ohio. But uh, we shortly after that moved to Brooklyn because my dad's from Brooklyn, and then we moved to New Jersey. I think when my mom got pregnant with my brother, they were like all of their friends at the time were moving from Brooklyn to New Jersey and to Montclair, New Jersey, which is where I grew up. So, which is right outside the city. Mm-hmm. So I grew up there in the burbs. But um, that's where I'm from. How long were you there? Um, my whole life. I mean, from when I was like four till, uh, till I left for college. So are you, are your parents still there? Your brother? Um, my dad is still there. He lives in the house I grew up in. My brother lives in Denver, Colorado. And my mom used to live in New York for a long time because when we were living in New Jersey, she was, uh, the president of her local, um, that's so dope. I did not know that. Yeah. You didn't know what? I didn't know that your parents were um, like union, they're union organizers. Yeah, my mom yeah. still is, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad used to be, and that's how they met. So, yeah, my mom was the first woman to run for president of the Teamsters Union against Jimmy Hoffa Jr. Wow. Um, and she lost, but she currently works for a different union. But uh, but yeah, for years she was a uh, local 805 Long Island City. So that was one of my first like jobs that I ever worked was that I would go file papers in her union office in Long Island City, mm-hmm. um, right near what is now the Creek in the Cave. I don't remember when the Creek in the Cave came about, but I started working there probably when I was like 15 or 14. What would you do? Um, sometimes shredding papers, sometimes just like filing papers, um, just kind of mundane office tasks. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, like maybe putting... Uh, stamps on envelopes or mm-hmm. like closing envelopes or something or shit like that did your brother do it too so it's just the two of you guys yeah just me and my brother okay um yeah he did do it too i think there were yes i think we did both work there sometimes yeah oh yeah that's cool yeah you got to like work with your mom i mean sort of she was like she would pay us to work there but usually there was one of uh, the other I mean, I don't want to call them an underling. It's just somebody with a different job. Because she was the president, so I guess they were an underling. <laughs> they are fucking, so, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so we, I would sort of, you know, sometimes harass her, but I wasn't actually working with her. Like, there was someone else in the office who we were supposed to report to. <laughs> who okay. was actually, like, you know, the one in charge. I think, actually, it was her name was Linda, who usually would be the one that would, like, tell us what we had to do and 
do stuff. And I'm sure I would go harass my mom and she'd be like, I'm in the middle of a meeting. I'm in the middle of a phone call. Just like talk to Linda. Yeah. (laughs) But it was cool because I loved, um, at at a certain point I started like going to Steinway Street in Astoria. Mm -hmm. um, And I would go into the hookah bars there because before you're 21, you like, I don't know. I thought it was cool to smoke hookah. Yeah, I lived my life in hookah bars. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're, like authentic, you know, because there's little Egypt in Mm -hmm. Astoria. Um, and Steinway Street also is just like super cool. If you've never been there, there's amazing restaurants and like little shops and thrift shops mm-hmm. and hookah bars, and it's cool. I like it there. When I first moved to New York, I was just like, I don't know anyone here. I knew I wanted to make art, and so someone told me about the Art Students League, and so I went there, and it was like dumb cheap, and you can work. What is that? The Art Students League is an independent art school. It's on 57th and 7th. And, um, can I sum that wrong? Yeah. I'm going to finish this beer. It's strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love that beer. I don't like beer. So, you want, should yeah, I just pour it on just top? Pour it. Okay. Oh my God. You're going to have some coffee beer infused. Oh, you don't know the day I had. Florida Kanye. I did. I don't. <laughs> it's fine. Just this leave this so right good. up here. Yeah. No, I was, um, so the Art Students League is, I would say, it, it is the best art institution to learn from that I ever... I went to Parsons, and it was, like, no comparison. Um, the Art Students League is a place where if you want to learn about, like, sculpture or painting and really hone your craft, you can. Also, you can sleep there. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. they don't really give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Oh, so you slept there. Sometimes. Like, well, I had the GI Bill because my father was in the Navy, and so... I was I had to be there 25 hours a week and then um, I don't know if you're familiar with the GI Bill like if I'm you, not it's dope like they didn't pay for my school but they give me a stipend and it was like $900 a month wow if I studied mm-hmm. so I got this um, I found out how to do it at the Art Students League so basically I was the only kid that did that but the other people were foreign kids like from all over and they would go to the to the league because they can get like the grant um, not grant the paper that they needed whatever the to visa the I'm like the paper no it was, a, it was not for them it was to get um to get uh like the visa like f1 or something like that oh. visa to stay here in the states oh, and I so see. people in order to do that you got to like work or something they would sponsor them but you got to be there 25 hours a week and so I had the same thing so it was like me and like these kids always there and some of them would sleep they'd be sleep yeah like just in the printing class sleep and um yeah but it was cool though like it was it was really great and kids from all over the world like we we would just like smoke cigarettes on the stoop and then go smoke blunts in the in central park and like hang out and everyone it was like very incestuous uh it was very fun but it was cheap it was like 180 a month cash you can pay and then you can study with really great artists. They had wow. like really accomplished. That now. You should go there. It's the shit. I was there like a few weeks ago and it's kind of the same people there. Um, a lot of it's, you can kind of look at it almost as a studio space mm-hmm. because there's a locker and stuff and you have a lot of access there and there's a model posing. If you want to do like, they, have figure, a dark room? they don't have a dark. I don't think they have a dark room. Um, I don't, I don't do that, but they have every other thing. Okay, I'll look into it. But yeah, look into it. Cool. It was cool. And like, it was so crazy because it was like art kit. So it was fucking lazy. So I worked like in the cafeteria for four hours a week. And literally, I would cut two like celery stalks and like two carrots and put it in a bag. And that was my shift. Make some popcorn. Mm. And then, you know, like 
pay for my classes. So it was yeah. good. So, um, yeah, the Art Students League was like my first introduction kind of like into New York City. But long story long, <laughs> I, we, we had hired a model in um, on Steinway Street, oh. like off of Steinway Street. It was like in Queens, but it's like 6th Street and 6th Ave and 6th Road. In one of the studios. Queens. Yeah. And like, we, we would like sculpt. We just like pay models. Like everybody should pitch yeah. in 10 bucks and then we would sculpt and shit. And I was like, just confused over there. <laughs> I was just sure. like, weren't we all? I was like, what the fuck? But it was dope though. I, yeah. So you like grew up in, so you grew up between Jersey and here. Yeah. Cause also my, my dad's family, uh, lived here. Or, you know, is from here. So, like, I've got an aunt and cousins in Brooklyn, and my grandma still lives on East 56th Street, um, and my grandpa did, too. And so, so yeah, I would go there. I mean, I would, so, yes, <laughs> I would see my family there a fair amount. And, you know, when I was in high school, I was 17. I was dating a 21-year-old. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know. And he lived on 13th and 1st, and um, it's very funny. He, <laughs> he was living in the kitchen um, because basically I think two of his friends were going to school at the new school or one of them was at the new school. One of them was at NYU mm-hmm. and they had a two bedroom apartment uh, apartment and it was right on 13th and first. And he just like put a bed in the kitchen mm-hmm. and like a little dresser or something. No. But I thought it was so cool mm-hmm. because well, you were 17. Yeah, I was 17. So so it was cool. Really to me, it was cool because I, I would just like cut school. I would go hang out with my boyfriend who worked at a pizza shop and that's the fucking around life. the corner and he could buy uh, beer and he has pizza. Sure. It's love. Sure. And I mean, to, I think the more, the most important aspect of that was that he lived in the city so I could be in the city cause I mm-hmm. wanted to be in the city. And I would do things like lie to my parents and say, oh, I, I missed the last bus back to New York. <laughs> I mean, back to New Jersey. Um, so I, I've got to stay here. And they were like, okay, do you have a friend? And I'd be like, yep. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm going to be I'm sleeping so in the kitchen tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, because also they would just like have people over. I mean, yeah. my memory is that they would have people over like a lot of nights, you know, even on school nights. <gasps> I know it's crazy. So I would hang out with like all the older kids and my boyfriend and hang out in the city and I would feel cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was like in Detroit, like I'm going to go to New York, mm-hmm. you know, and be a fucking Broadway star. I can't do Ooh, any of the stuff. Broadway I don't dance star. or no shit. I've never been in theater. I would be in cats. The first non-dancing Broadway star. <laughs> Have you ever watched the incredible, uh, unbreakable Kimmy Smith? Um, yeah, I saw some of the first season. Uh, yeah. Like, Titus, oh spoiler, but fuck it, we ain't watch it. Whatever, like Titus is one of the main characters, and he joins Cats. Oh, but he amazing. just yeah. kind of gets on stage. He's great. I love that actor. He's so amazing. We did a photo shoot um, in in Brooklyn, and it was like kind of it wasn't for him, but it was like a community thing. And he came, and I was like, oh my god, I'm about to fucking like talk to him. I'm gonna fucking talk. Yeah, to him. he's so funny. And then I had to run and get batteries. Oh. I was so mad. Fuck your batteries. I was like, what do you mean? Um, batteries. Titus. Yeah, and he started on 30 Rock because he, I don't mean. Oh, he's on 30 Rock? Yes. Uh, he was cast on 30 Rock because there's a storyline where Tracy Morgan's wife in the show has her own reality show called uh, <laughs> The Queen of Jordan. Okay. Uh, wait, because he's Tracy Jordan on the right. show, so it's The Queen of Jordan. And she has, like, her, you know, 
classic uh, gay hairdresser friend who's on the show, and that's played by Titus Burgess. Oh. And and then he got this big role. I mean, so then she cast him in Kimmy Schmidt because he's so very funny. He's so good. Yeah, he's really He's funny. like my friend in my head. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. So you grew up like a city kid. So, I mean, sort of. Like, I really did grow up a suburbs kid because I, you know, I still went back to my very comfortable, mm-hmm. safe suburb. Mm-hmm. But I, yes, but I loved going to the city. And yeah. I did go... Uh, as much as possible. And then, you know, I went to college in Boston, but I, my first choice was to go to NYU because I wanted to be in New York. Yeah. I truly Living didn't in that fucking kitchen, girl. Care. I was like, mattress. whatever I can go for, like I'll go for photography, for art, for music. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're a dope artist. So, um, like, are there a lot of artists in your family? No, I don't think Pretty there's only one. any. I mean, let me think about this. Mm, no, no, there's none. I mean, my dad. I'm sorry, your face looks like I'm I'm disappointed. (laughs) Um, It's not that I'm disappointed. I mean, I think it's actually. I'm glad that I don't. You know, my me and my brother growing up, like we didn't compete. In my mind, we didn't compete in the same things because we didn't have the same interests. Like, Mm -hmm. if my brother had been a creative person or an artist, I might have felt more competitive with him. Mm -hmm. But I was always the creative, artistic one, and. You know, he played music sometimes, but generally that that wasn't his thing. Like, we both had different lanes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's actually good. Uh, well, uh, I mean. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I, that you went to competition like, well. I don't know why that's what I just thought of, but. Yeah, no, that's real. I think I probably would have felt competitive with him if he was artistic. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Who knows? Maybe I, like, pushed him out of it. Maybe he wanted to, but I, like. He's I mean, like, there's. It's like, this bitch gonna curl me. I think about this. Not all the time, but sometimes there's this old home movie of me and my brother, and I, I'm trying to perform in front of the camera, because my dad had one of those video cameras that had the VHS tape that goes right into it, mm-hmm. and so they're filming me, and I wanted to do, like, Frere Jaca, you know? Yeah. Like, behind the couch with with puppets. Nice. And my brother is very young How at the time. How old I was, I mean, I think I was probably five. Are you older than him? Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm three years older, so I was probably five, and he was, like, two, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, he may have been three. I don't know. Okay. So maybe maybe six and three. And I'm, like, trying to do Frere Jaca. And my brother just wanders in. And he's just, like, this cute little pudgy, like, toddler. And I was, like, and I, like, push him out of the way. <laughs> basically being, like, I am the star of this movie. I'm performing Frere Jaca behind the couch this with my important. puppets. This is not your moment. This is my moment. Get out. <laughs> so so he won't be an artist. Yeah. He's no. like, no. He's like, <laughs> At that point, he was, like, you know what? I'm going to let her have it. <laughs> what does he do? Um, he's a civil engineer. Oh, cool. That's yeah. So you guys are like, so city, yeah, he has his own down. apartment that he pays for and I married rich. So. Oh girl, oh, the dream. <laughs> but I mean, Both he's of also them. in Denver. So like whatever. Mm, uh, I feel like I could afford an apartment in Denver. No, fuck that. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, but why would you? I mean, no, truly. Why also, would I? absolutely not. Sure. Hey brother. Sorry. <laughs> no, he's, why would you, you know, know, I'm constantly trying to marry him off because he's very handsome. He has a good job. He's an engineer. Make a pitch right now. People listen. His, I mean, he's a handsome, uh, Jewish he is engineer. He looks like me. He's a <laughs> You're very, thank you. He's a very sweet, very, very sweet man. He has a lot of, you know, he goes to shows. He goes, he likes outdoor sports. <laughs> but I've like posted it on my Instagram and people come back and they're like, word? And then I'm like, yeah, bring me a dowry. Like, let's talk it about this. like crazy girls. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, give well, me a reality show where I marry off my brother, but I act like a father from 1900. You can uh, email me at consciouspatten.gmail.com <laughs> yeah. and I if will pass it on. Yeah. Send a picture. 
And uh, are you the one? No, no crazies. Yeah, no, not cra- too crazy. No crazies, please. No crazies. That's yeah. Um, my family's been trying to marry me off for many years. I get you, brother. <laughs> I don't know if he's even aware. Um, he will be aware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he will be aware. Yeah. So, um, so what you go to? You were in Boston for how long? Like four years. Four years. Yeah. yeah. What'd you do there? Uh, I went to Berkeley College of Music, Ooh. and at the time, I wanted to be a bass player, which I was for years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I went to Berkeley. I studied bass playing, but I took a major there called pro music, uh, professional music, which means mm-hmm. you can basically create your own um, your own major. Like composition and stuff like you that? You can do whatever. Like, you basically can just dabble. So I took, like, West African drum and dance. I was in the West oh, cool. African drum and dance ensemble, and I took, like... Um, West Indian drumming. Did you drum and, and dance? Mm-hmm. Well, oh. I, I only danced in the ensemble, but I did take a trip to Ghana to learn Hell, drumming and yeah. dancing. So I did and Gil, which is like a marimba type instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned from this guy Bernard Woma, who is um, a pretty. I think he's a pretty big deal Gil player from Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a really really cool trip. And I mean, to be honest, the only reason I like signed up for the ensemble is because I heard that you got to go on a trip to Africa, and I was like, I want to fucking go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reason. And I did, and it was amazing. It was truly amazing. How long were you there? Uh, three and a half weeks. Solid. So like, yeah, decent amount of time, but not like, not super long, not like a semester. Um, but yeah, you can take, I mean, I took, uh, I, you were required to take the core music classes, like music theory and conducting. And, um, but I, I mostly focused on, um, performance and mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever other bullshit I did. Fun. I don't know. You had a band though, right? Um, it was called Fox something. Oh, well, years later, I mean, that's what like around the time that I met you was, was yeah. Yeah. I toured in a band called Foxygen. I was a backup singer dancer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you play bass? I did not play bass in that band. I, but I got into that band because I was playing bass in a band called Diane coffee. Mm -hmm. And, um, the drummer from Foxygen was the lead singer, main, main guy in that band. And so through him, I met the Foxygen guys and I agreed to go on tour as a backup singer because I was pretty dedicated to being in Diane Coffee as the bass player. It was, mm-hmm. it was a cool band. It was a good band. Uh, we did a lot of touring in that band. And I was like, well, I mean, if Foxygen's touring, that means that Sean, who's the lead, the main guy in Diane Coffee, mm-hmm. I was like, well, then he's not touring as Diane Coffee, so it makes sense because then we'll be on the same schedule. So then, like, when Foxygen's not touring, if Diane Coffee's touring, we'll both be available. Um, so I ended up touring in Foxygen for a while, which was super, super fun. That sounds so fun. Yeah. I was like, I, I was watching, um, uh, stop making sense. The, um, talking heads concert film the other day and I was mm-hmm. high and, uh, anytime I get high, which I truly don't really get high that much because no, especially not around people only sometimes when I'm alone. So I was watching it and it made me so nostalgic. And I started going back and watching all these old videos from Did you Foxygen. Cry? No, <laughs> I didn't cry. <laughs> No, I just I just got nostalgic. I was just like watching this amazing concert film and I was like, man, we used to put on really cool concerts in Fox Gen because mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a music show. It was like uh, towards the end of our run, you know, it, it, it evolved the show, the stage show. And like there there would be costume changes. I used to write um, uh, like monologue jokes for the lead singer sort of similar to like any late night host that does the monologue mm-hmm. jokes at the top of the show mm-hmm. I would write those types of monologue jokes for him but it would be based on whatever city we were in so it would be like local like relevant to whatever or country we were in and he would read them and he would have like little cards and he would read the joke really fast and he would throw it 
and we had like, and we also did full choreographed dances nice. and yeah, it was, a, it was really like a cool, very theatrical show. Okay. Which kind of opened my eyes up to what a, like a show, a stage show could be yeah. beyond just standing and playing music. Yeah. I like that so much. Those yeah. are the best shows to go to. Yeah. Like, well, you know, mini shows, but like I there's so. that I mean, element to it. Show. Like put a show on, put yeah. a fucking outfit on yes. and go and get weird totally. and be creative. And yeah, I mean, cause some, you know, like, um, I worked at Joe's pubs, uh, Joe's pub for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, I've been bartending for all the years, mm-hmm. you know? And my favorite shows are the weirdest fucking mm-hmm. shows, you know, because some you can be a singer songwriter all day, and I'm like, oh god, <clears> I used to be <throat> a singer songwriter venue too, and I'm like, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm like, it's beautiful, yes, but you have zero fucking energy, yeah, like no energy, so it's like, no, a stage show, like give me something to look at, yeah, and also like make it a little funny, a little weird, a yeah. little scary, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scare the shit out put of on me. a fucking show. <laughs> Oh, uh, that is cool. So, who are you? Who are some of your influences? Um, like, as far as like shows and, uh, and when you were starting to do that that type of work. Um. Well, like I said, "Stop Making Sense" is a if you haven't seen it, is an incredible Talking Heads concert mm-hmm. film. And I mean, it it is a show, but it's like it starts off with David Byrne alone on stage, and then he slowly adds um, band members every okay. single song there's one more band member and they all you know they have different outfit changes and he has backup singers um, I mean I, I love like well I love now like Broadway shows have you seen his show on Broadway no I have tickets to see it we this should week. go oh, I know I'm sorry. we can go again it's fine my friend's in it I gotta <laughs> Your go friend's I, in it yeah yeah wow yeah um, cool. it is cool no again because I was watching Stop Making Sense I was like I have to fucking go see this show like I have to, yeah. I have to go see David Byrne before I yeah, die, totally, or totally. he dies. Well, hopefully, it will happen first because <laughs> he's older. Um, what else? Um, hmm. Well, you know, of Montreal used to put on really cool shows, and like we opened for the Flaming Lips, nice. and they put on a crazy show. We that was another yeah, great really Foxygen moment. We opened for the Flaming Lips in San Francisco for two days on New Year's Eve. Um, what a what a memory! I, I mean, it was incredible, and my dad flew out. Your dad is so dope. I, know, I danced with him so, at your wedding. I know. He's also single, I was also <laughs> tripping a little bit. <laughs> I know. Everybody was tripping at my wedding. We had a yeah. lot of, lot of, a lot of psychedelics yeah. at the wedding. And no Wi-Fi was great. And nobody was, was on. Wi-Fi, but well, maybe nobody was we on didn't, Yeah. Maybe you didn't know. I couldn't it. get it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't get that. that's right. I love that. It was. I love that. Yeah. Because it was so, ugh, so fun. God damn. Um, yeah. So your dad came out there? He came out, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my favorite, like, very brief... I'm going to just keep telling these stories that maybe no one will care about. I don't care. What the fuck? It's, to it's me, me and you, girl, yeah, right now. You're it's right. me and you. I don't care about the listeners. Um, <laughs> I love you. Don't listen. <laughs> no, I love you, too. Listen to my podcast. Um, <laughs> so, well, I, I brought it up just because, like, there's a whole thing where Wayne Coyne comes out in a giant, like, plastic ball and he walks on the audience mm-hmm. i mean it's incredible and he has like all these people in costumes and there's all these lights i mean it's truly a show it's like so fun to watch so my dad flew out which was great because my dad loves shows and i i've it's really cool that now that i have been able to like bring him to some really cool shit like yeah. that um and uh so at the end of the show or like i think it was at the end of the show i of course had credentials to go backstage but my dad didn't, and I was with my sound guy Tim, and he was tr- he was on Molly or Acid or something, bear, 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 like bear, something bear. that kind of gave him this weird sense of confidence. And I I've, <laughs> I I swear that he was like, it might have been Molly, <laughs> yeah. and he was like 
magic that night because the first thing he did was we walk up, me, Tim, and my dad walk up to the lady who's guarding the backstage area. And I'm like, oh, you know, I perform. This is my dad. And she's like, I'm sorry, you don't have the right credentials. And she keeps saying that we keep trying. And then Tim just goes, come on, ma'am. It's just one dad. (laughs) (laughs) And she, that was the magic key. And she was like, okay. And then she let him back. Okay, so that happens, which is so funny to me. It's just one best. dad. It's so funny. It's just one dad. And and then we're downstairs. We're in the Foxgen dressing room. And my dad goes, because my dad's a Flaming Lips fan. So he goes, man, it would be really cool to meet Wayne Coyne. And Tim goes, you want to meet Wayne? Hold on a second. And he walks into the Flaming Lips dressing room. He does not know those guys. He has not met Wayne before. And he goes, hey, Wayne, I'm Tim. I do sound for Foxygen. Um, Emily from Foxygen's dad is here and he really wants to meet you. Could you come meet him? <laughs> and Wayne is like, uh, okay, listen, let's do it. <laughs> and Wayne comes out and meets my dad, like, because Tim grabs him in the dressing room, which like, I think if he wasn't high, he would not have had the confidence to go do that. Drugs are great sometimes. I know. Drugs. Everybody should do drugs. A little bit. Is uh, the moral of the story. Yeah, a little bit. Certain ones. Um, in in that case, that night it proved to be magical for Tim and he really, he really came through for me. I mean, there was another member of the band whose parents were there and, uh, they had a minor meltdown because they were on drugs and they were so paranoid about their parents knowing and blah, blah, blah. So (laughs) the opposite, it doesn't work for everybody, but in Tim's case, yeah, he came through and my dad got to meet Wayne Coyne and he was so happy. That's cool. It was very cute. Well, that's that's dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like. So when so you're a comedian, but you're like a multifaceted artist because you do really dope illustrations and like you are performing and yeah, what mean, are you what are you doing? What are you anyway? What am I? Well, I think it sounds maybe stupid and pretentious every time I that's okay. think about this, but like I think that creativity is fluid and that's why, for instance, when my family members not my immediate family, but they're like, I don't understand. You were a musician. You had a career. Why are you doing comedy? And I'm like, because this is actually where, this is like where how I want to like express myself. Right. This is creatively fulfilling. I mean, yeah. I love playing music. I love doing illustrations and stuff. Um, and it kind of comes in waves. Like mm-hmm. there are certain times where I'm focusing more on, like on different things. I guess. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to come back around to the music thing because to me that was never like creatively fulfilling. I was really just kind of a hired gun musician like mm-hmm. I can play music and I yeah. and I do really enjoy it and sometimes I mean I have written some stuff and made some stuff mm-hmm. and I write comedy songs now so I guess there's that but um but yeah I think comedy is the best way for me to express myself like that because I have always used humor to deal with almost everything so I'm like oh I can use it to express myself yeah so yeah um you're really good at it thanks yeah you're funny nice. as fuck and also um yeah i've seen you perform a bunch of times and you have you're such a good friend i really try to come i mean a lot of my friends do not come and i don't blame them at all but it's it's nice that you have (laughs) i'm just playing y'all all all right i get it um you know we live in new york it's very busy and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but for me it's like i'm so grateful to be like here with you right now making just doing this weird shit with this equipment i got and um you know, it's like, I feel like we have to support each other and show up. Those things are very important. They are. They are. And it's hard to do it. And there's like, we're all busy, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, I just kind of showed up in New York. Like I'm here, you know, just got ripped down very fast. Like yeah. I thought I was basically moving to like 
like a beautiful brownstone. <laughs> and like, it's going to be sex in the city for yo, me. Yo, <laughs> seriously, like a hundred percent. And, and I couldn't find like, first of all, on the, on the drive out here, I drove with like my sisters and my, I had like a Corsica, like a little white car. And then we rented a van and had the mattress on top, like two cats in the car. They're just screaming for 12 hours. Oh, actual cats. I thought you I had two cats. I thought you meant two people. In the no, car. well, one cat. I brought one at the time. There were two cats. Yeah, so one car. cat screaming, and then we took mushrooms in Pennsylvania. Oh like fucking why? Like why? oh, I have some mushrooms. Like Jesus you want to take some? Christ. Yeah, why not? So when I got here, it was like I I was in basically in Red Hook. I've been in Red Hook the entire time, but I was like on the really like pretty side of Red Hook. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, like yeah, looks like the Cosby Street, you know. <laughs> and then I couldn't find the number. I couldn't find the number. So then I'm like, go to this gas station and the, there was a woman covered in blood. Oh my God. <laughs> she was like, and I was fucking high. So I didn't even say like, are you okay? I was like, where's one, four, six, you know, one, nine, four Henry street. And she's like, don't go to Red Hook. Don't. And I'm like, I already rented the place. And so when I, I moved into the place, it was a terrible night. And then I was like, <laughs> wait, she said, don't go to Red Hook. She yeah. didn't say, excuse me, I'm bleeding. Nah. Can you help me call? It was both of us were just like, <laughs> it was a, it was inappropriate on both of our ends. Yeah. She was like, I was like, I don't know if she got stabbed. Like now I think back, like, I don't know if she got stabbed or if it was like a nosebleed, but I think, oh, I just don't know. She was yeah. driving a taxi and she was out of the car. She probably wasn't stabbed. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying she didn't have blood on her face. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, lady. Maybe she got her period real bad on her body. <laughs> it was on her chest. It was periods are gross though, so she might have. You know what? They're natural. I've never had. It, uh, I've never had a period. I'm I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, any day now. Um, I'm pregnant right no. now. It's passing the fucking room. No. Uh, I don't know. It was like I I ended up like going to my place and then just. Being in Red Hook and getting this job bartending, which I've been doing already in Detroit. And, you know, I just kind of like ended up at Vaughn because I worked at Joe's Pub. I did mm-hmm. the whole like cat call, you know, cattle calls, like not cat oh. call, cattle calls, like looking for a job wow. as a bartender. God, those are, I've Oof. only been to one of those. That I was think. discouraging to, to say yeah, the least. Where, what, I feel like I did one at Bow, Bowery Poetry Club one time and I just got there and I see the line out the door. There was a line out the fucking door. And I was like, I can't. I'm and then they hired, like, it was some badass chick with tattoos. Like, yeah. she was fine as fuck. I was like, oh, they were just talking to her. I was like, oh, she's hired. Yeah. Right. Like, why are we I mean, here? Yeah, probably. She was, they were, I feel like they were, like, telling her, like, just Don't chill. worry, you got the job. <laughs> you we're got the job. all these other bitches. But. I was wearing fucking, I was such, like, a deadhead fucking, like, hip-hop kid. I was wearing, like, a long, just, like, Bonnaroo fucking dress. Uh-huh. Birkenstocks, actual Birkenstocks, dreadlocks. No, ma'am. No, and Not I'm like, no. They were like, uh, <laughs> thanks for your resume. So I ended up like getting the job at the hook, and then I ended up um, getting a job at like random places in New York, and then I ended up at Joe's Pub, and then I started going to Vaughn, and, and that's ass- kind of like where it started. That you weren't wearing your Birkenstocks at that point. I was. I would like. Well, I put on jeans instead. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I got to take this fucking hippie dress off. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I wore them. Well, I went to this party once. Oh my god, I worked in this place in um, in Harlem. It was like this very sexy, like French place, but it was like Indians ran it. So it was like it was weird, but it was fun. 
it was like a fun, happy hour I worked with like all mm-hmm. these fine ass people. And um, after it was like one day, one of the one DJ had a party like at home. Do you remember that place? Like it was oh, one of those club no. like West Village fucking, you know, like Paris Hilton. Right. I guess I've heard of it, but some I, I don't bullshit. really know what the deal I went is. once uh-huh. and they invited me and I hang out with like all these French kids and I did not know what they were saying ever. <laughs> like I've just been hanging out with them like in an apartment. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying going after hours. We went to the club and it's like before phones for real. So I, I, my friend's like, oh, come meet me here. I'm wearing fucking, oh God, I was wearing, you know, like the hip hop, uh, not a, not a snapback, but like the army kind of like build cap. Um, are we talking like the Destiny's Child music video for soldier kind <laughs> yeah, of thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Talib Kweli and shit like that type of shit, like yeah. woke, whatever, conscious mm-hmm, hip hop mm-hmm. from the 90s. Sure, sure. I was wearing that tank top. I had just shaved all my hair off and Birkenstocks and like, I had on um, like bell bottoms and they're like, oh, come meet me at this place. And I go and I'm like, all these bitches are literally in tiny skirts, right. stilettos. Yeah. And I'm like, I go to the front of the line like, hey, I'm invited. And he's like, back of the line. <laughs> so I go into the pay phone and I call like, girl, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm this is ridiculous. And so they ended up uh, telling me the DJ's name and say I'm with him invited me in and I had like the best fucking night of my life but it was like because I had a different energy yeah it seems like it would be fun to be there as a spectator oh I was a spectator like obviously you're not there whatever they're trying to do I had drink tickets <laughs> yeah all no, types of not, shit I would love to see that the French girls back. stopped talking to me <laughs> they were yeah, like mad they at did. me I was like no makeup I never wore any shit you know but it was really fun because then I just ended up like with this dope ass crew of people like you and our crew that are just weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just we're doing, weird. We're like weird and exciting. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it was cool. When I first saw you, I think it was on, at Matt Lilly's party. Oh. Maybe it was a little bit before that, but maybe that was the second time I saw mm. you. It was at Shred Style. And you were wearing a striped shirt. It was, I mean, a striped dress. It was when the, the sheer stripe was in fashion. It was like, are you sure? Cause I remember being the shred style on the roof. It was before that, but that was oh, like okay. maybe the third time or something. I, okay. I then maybe I was wearing a striped dress. Yeah. I remember big ass sunglasses. Well, yeah. And I was like, she like knows me. fashion. <laughs> Cause I one time wore one of my favorite pairs of like vintage pants to shred style. And they have this like crazy graphic, like geometric print on them and they're white, but they have, you know, very colorful print. And I sat down on the roof and I got black tar Must on those think. pants and I was so mad. That place is like, gross. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I like, I have since learned, I mean, it's taken me, I've taken so many L's with fashion to learn to like where you can wear a Chanel chain belt or, you know, a vintage piece that you love that's <laughs> white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, when to just dress down a little bit or, yeah. like, whatever, wear black so yeah, that it doesn't yeah. get stained or whatever. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. White and stress, I was like, I mean, we were, like, dirtbags. We were just, like, <laughs> climbing through windows. Yeah. They no, were, like, I was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Hey, Matt, Lily. I'll have to make him a CD so he can listen to this. Oh, yeah. He said the same thing. Our friend Matt Lilly, um, for the listeners at home who don't know mm-hmm. him, is a very funny individual who is opposed to technology in certain ways where he will not engage with the internet at all. No, he he does not have a smartphone. I don't think he has a computer where he has email. At one point he did, but he, he no did at one does. point. Yeah. He doesn't use it. So he was also on my podcast. He did a little interview, um, about the, on the I heard hotel episode. And he said, 
to burn him a CD if you know, so <laughs> yeah. he can hear it. And I'll I'm burn like, him a CD. I don't even have a CD drive. Like I, my friend gave me one. It was it looked very old and clunky. You can borrow yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, so you are have like transitioned into comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck even <laughs> does that mean? Like, what um, do you? How do you? How did you make that transition? When did you decide that? Okay, this is. This is cool and stuff. I like making music, but like I'm about to pivot. Well, like like I mentioned, I've always kind of deal dealt with the world or with whatever with mm-hmm. things um, through a lens of humor, and I like to make jokes and I like to be. And my dad is the same way that we both just crack jokes a lot, and mm-hmm. we are that person at a party who are, are cracking jokes or whatever, or saying inappropriate things to be funny. Um, so when I was in Foxygen, also, uh, like I said, I would write these, um, I would write these monologue jokes for Sam, for the lead singer. And, uh, and it was a really fun, you know, it was fun for the stage show, but it was also a really fun exercise because I would really agonize over those jokes. I mean, I, all day, like they, I would be like, I have to come up with some funny joke. And the mm-hmm. thing is that Sam would barely even read them. Like I said, he would just like, <laughs> read them really fast and then throw the paper away. It wasn't like anybody yeah. for the most part was actually hearing the jokes, but like the band would, would know about the jokes beforehand. Mm-hmm. So they would, so they were the ones, I guess I was trying to impress mm-hmm. um, the band and I would take pictures of the, of the joke cards. So I, and like before that I, you know, I had done a couple other things here. Like in college I had, written a sketch with my friends that we filmed mm-hmm. like a comedy sketch that's very silly um which exists somewhere and like so I always like and I was really into to comedy I guess mm-hmm. um and comedians so uh, at one point on a break between tours with Foxygen I started taking an improv class at, at UCB okay and I loved it and I just really loved it and it was so uh it was so fun and gratifying and, um, and I just like, so I kept taking UCB classes and, um, I, I actually had a dream one time. I forget if this was before I even started stand up comedy, but I had a dream one time when I was in Foxton where I was scheduled to perform a show solo and I was supposed to play music, but I got to the show and I was like, I forgot all my instruments and I don't remember my songs. And I was like, really, it was like a stress dream to be yeah, honest. And yeah. I was really anxious. And the stage manager was like, you're on like really <laughs> it's soon. time right now. Yeah, basically. And then I was like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just tell jokes. I'll just tell huh. jokes on stage. I'll just go up there with nothing and tell jokes. And, uh, which is, a, I mean, obviously a very, uh, sounds terrifying. Like my literal lightning, like nightmare. No, but not for me. Cause to me, yeah. I was like, okay, I forgot. I mean, it was terrifying to me that I'd forgotten my instruments mm-hmm. and like how to play music or like how to, or what my songs were. But um, it wasn't terrifying. I was like, whatever. I can always fall back on being funny, just yeah, off, yeah. The, off the dome. Um, but yeah, so I was, so I had that dream. But I did improv, and then a friend of mine, Amber, who I met in improv, she was like, why don't we start? Why don't we try doing stand up together? And so we would go to open mics at like the Creek in the Cave. Oh, you did. And we would go, yeah, that's do stand up open mics. Because that's what you have to do to start yeah. stand up. And it was great because I had a friend to do it with. Um, which makes it much less scary. Were you on stage together? No, no, no. Okay, you just, just go, went together. Just go together and, you know, and just be there to support each other, yeah. which is really necessary because open mics are the worst. I mean, yeah. they are so, 
they're so scary and bad and people are not laughing at you. Like, cause it's all a bunch they're of like, make me fucking laugh. Yeah. It's like a bunch of open mic comics for the mm-hmm, most part mm-hmm. who are kind of jaded and they're like, okay, let's see. Like, yeah, you think you can do comedy and mm-hmm. let's see. And they're not laughing. I mean, people sometimes would even like, I wouldn't get any laughs, but then someone would come up to me after and be like, I really like that blah, blah, blah joke. And I'd be like, well, why Show her. didn't you laugh? Show up. Um, but yeah. So, um, so what's the process? I'm like, I really love comedy. Like I watched, um, I like watched stand up and my, all this, I don't really watch anything too serious. Maybe because the world's like on fire, literally. So I'm like always <laughs> yeah. like looking for a dumb shit. A break. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. It's one of my favorite mediums. And I'm just like, stand up to me. It's one of my favorites. Like I, I, I liked, I love when I find someone that's good. Yeah. Like you're really good. You and um your partner Lillian. But like what is that process of like writing? That's what I'm curious about. Like how do you joke. do that shit? Uh god, I don't even know. Cuz be it's different than just being like funny and what you are like naturally joking around with your friends. Yeah, it it is much different. Um it's well the thing is that like in my stand up, I don't really, you know, there are certain stand ups who they the way that they write a joke or like a thing that they will talk about in their standup is they'll, they'll be like, I have this unpopular opinion and now I'm going to defend it in a okay. way that you relate to. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I very much admire that. Um, cause that's not really what my standup is. Most of my standup is about things that have happened to me mm-hmm. or yeah, like mostly it's all true. It's things. like a journal. In a um, a one woman's no, show journal. I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> Starring Sandra Bernhardt. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> but like, for instance, I think, I think the last, well, no, no, this is not the last new joke. This is the last joke I wrote that I really liked. It's about how my dad texted me on nine 11 to talk about his knee surgery. And it just, it was so funny to me. He literally said, um, <laughs> he, he said, six years ago today and he sent me a picture of his knee and it was on the morning of nine 11. And I was like, it's nine 11. And so I wrote a whole joke around that because it's really funny to me that like somebody would, be, you know, cause most people are like, never forget. 9/11. Yeah. He's like six years ago today. And I'm like, nine eleven <laughs> was in 2001. That was 18 years ago. What are you talking about? And it's like, Oh, your knee surgery. And I wrote a whole joke around that. That's sort of like playing with uh nine 11 versus my dad's <laughs> surgery. And, you know, the impact that that has. Um, so for him is like, that's his, like, that's, it's his day. Not even, I think he just wasn't even like thinking when he sent it to me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So for me, it's usually like something happens and I'm like, that is funny. I have to mm-hmm. write a joke about that. Okay. And there are certain things that have happened that I've tried to write jokes about and I have never, and I've like, yeah. And I've never successfully really cracked mm-hmm. it. Like, cause you know, what I, what I try to do is just distill what is funny about what happened down and then like go from there, Uh um, and try to convey that as much as possible. Like the thing that is actually funny about it. Like for instance, my dad texting me on nine 11, the thing that's funny to me is that it's a day of remembrance for people who died. Yeah. And my dad goes, remember my knee surgery? Like, and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, never forget dad, your fucking knee surgery. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, shit, I need to write more jokes. So no, that's like I, I really interesting. What, I, I don't know what the process it's is. It's like such a, um, 
like as a creator, there's like kind of two sides of it. Like I have um, friends who are musicians or write music or do all these other things. And like if you're a rapper, for instance, like writing it versus freestyling yeah. are so like different. But mm-hmm. when you're thinking of like writing a song or, or it seems it seems similar to, to writing like like, I don't know, maybe comedy in a way like just do you have um I just, it's so, it's, it really like thrills me to watch it. Cause I'm like, they thought about this or to see, yeah. see something kind of like develop. Yeah. Um, there's this comedian, Lizzie Cooperman and she's in LA and she's like, just, I've watched some of her specials and you're watching this person kind of develop this thing, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Like, how is that? Um, like, how do you decide when you, it's right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever, I mean, there's probably like one joke in my set that I think is like a pretty perfect joke. Okay. And then all of the other jokes, I'm always like, I could probably tweak that. So you're tweaking them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Constantly. But like, but if they get laughs or, you know, then I can feel at least that they're in a stage where like they are presentable and Mm -hmm. they are good. Like even if maybe one day I'll go back and like try to rework it or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one. There's only one joke that I'm like, this is a really good joke <laughs> that doesn't need to be touched. Now I want to hear it, but I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, I don't care. I'll tell you. Yeah. I really want to hear. It. Thank you. Can I have some more rum? Um, yes, but then we have to put it back because this is an expensive rum. But you okay. Don't get mad if we drink too much. I don't want more than that. That's fine. Thank you. And I'll take a tiny splash. Thank you. So Thanks, the, Jamie. the joke is, I know he's gonna look at this bottle and be like, you I just on me. got this as a gift. Blame it on me. Um, I take the blame. No, no, no. You don't need to take the blame. The joke is, well, now the joke, I, I transition into it from another joke, but it's like, basically it's like, and the thing, the problem is with telling a joke like this right now is that people are going to hear it and be like, that's not that good. Which is why I don't tell people jokes in person. I know. I'm going, no, I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> just to. Just act but, like I'm on stage. Like you're on stage. And I'm but I'm audience. just saying that like, it used to be that people would always be like, tell me one of your jokes. And I would. And they'd be like, huh. And I'd be like, no, fuck that. Never again. I'm not telling jokes to people in person. It's It really, context is important. But mm-hmm. the joke is like, um, I used to hook up with this guy years ago and I would choke him while we were having sex. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I thought that I had discovered this kink that I never knew that I had. But then actually it turned out I hated him. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. But it's like that joke every time kills. And, you know, part of it is like in my facial expressions. How it's, uh, you know, there's yeah, it's a good fucking joke. But, um, but yes, yeah, so that's very funny to me. <laughs> that, that joke that I wrote is very funny I to me. I love that it's like it's a little violent. It's like sexy. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. Like I really did do and it's that. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's partially true because I did. I did choke him, and I was like, maybe I'm into this. And then later, I was like, I hated him. <laughs> That's fucking so awesome. Um, and also, by the way, when I choked him, he was like, "Stop! <laughs> what, what are you doing?" <laughs> we didn't discuss it, and he was like, "Stop choking me!" And I was like, "Okay, sorry." <laughs> Um, I've never even heard of like a chick choking no dude out. You haven't? No, not a chick choke. I've heard of the other way. I've been <gasps> choked. I've never like no. I've never choked no dude. Oh, never. But I'll try it. Yeah, you should. I will try that out. In a, but only if you're gonna fucking finish it to completion. Kill I'm gonna if try. You choke a dude, then you you better kill him. I'm um, just kidding. That's a weird thing to say. This is <laughs> listen. I have to pee. <laughs> you can go pee. I'm gonna go pee. Sorry. Yeah. You don't gotta fucking apologize. I broke up the. It's okay. People pee all the time. Do they? 
it's it's one of the best joys of life. You can tell. <laughs> it's it like fresh. It tastes fresh. I bought like some fake jewels on New Year's Eve because no Christmas the day after Christmas. No Christmas because I was fucking drunk <laughs> and I was like, look, I didn't want to pay twenty five dollars. Yeah, so I went. I was at Max Fish and then because um, I have a big family. Yeah, Max Fish, and then um, I was like. I don't want to buy a pack of smokes because I'm. I gotta quit that shit. Like I gotta quit. Have I have? A, I mean, these aren't good either. These are bad, but you know, one step at a time. Yeah. And so, um, I didn't want to buy cigarettes, and so I went to the corner bodega by Max Fish, which is some fucking bullshit. They were like twenty five dollars. I was like, I'm not paying you twenty five dollars. The one on Rivington. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not paying twenty five dollars for no fucking jewel pack. So then I went to my. I was on my way home, and my friend Leola. Hey, girl, she might be listening my boo Mm -hmm. she called me and she's like come over and i was like all right like all right it's 2 30 (laughs) i'll come over and so i came (laughs) over and i started drinking vodka but there's a a corner store where they have fake jewel packs like they were like ice something ice pineapple whatever the fuck (laughs) it was like 15 dollars tasted gross and the whole time i complained about it but i i did use the whole thing and then uh you know, so this I got the real one. I paid twenty dollars for it. That was very disappointing. Because you had you had the alternative, and you were like, "All right." It was leaking. Oof! No, no, no. no. It was leaking. Nothing it was before. like, have you ever had a um, a nicotine gum? No. It's terrible. It burns. Oof. They were burning. Jesus, no. You know, so uh, you it's know. Like why this I, don't, is okay. I don't drink well liquor anymore. Uh, you know what you don't like the headache or what (laughs) (laughs) you're not into it no and i i feel like i still have i mean i definitely still have friends who don't care and will drink well liquor and i'm like i i cannot i I, might drink some well vodka no god no No, i might do it smell Um, like a actual drunk i think i mean the last time that i remember drinking well liquor was after an angel olsen show we all went out to this to the call box lounge i don't know if you know that bar Mm -mm. It's this kind of crappy Where's bar. Where's that? It's uh, it's right by that McDonald's that's next to the BQE in Williamsburg. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's like an old, oh, it's no, like an oh, old no, the McDonald's bar. like near McGinnis or something. Yeah, yeah, kinda yeah. Like Greenpoint. on the other side of the highway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's Greenpoint. Um, but I was drinking well, and I was, and my and Jamie wasn't home. Uh, my husband was not home, and the next morning I woke up and I was so sick, and I like could barely move. And I remember just being like looking around, like no one's here, and I like, had to go puke, but You're I like, truly could barely move. And I was, I felt so awful, and I had no one to help me, and I was just like, "What'd you drink?" I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Probably <laughs> like, I mean, there may have been shots. There, I'm sure there were some like well drink, you know, but you were safe at I mean, I made it home, but yeah, the next day it was fucking awful. You know, that's life. I sure. um have I will drink Hennessy now. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Sugary. It is very sweet and also I'm like, mm, this is pretty good. Cuz I it's like after bartending for so many years, I became very bourgeois when it came to drinking. Yeah. And then working in wine bars, I'm like, no, I don't want that shit. Yeah. But then after doing it for so long, I'm pretty I'm like, well, what's going to get me there? This strong nasty shit? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> strong expensive nasty shit <laughs> or cheap shit yeah yeah so um yeah so like what are you gonna do now like so okay first of all you have a comedy show mm-hmm. and you've been directing 
And yeah, it's, like, it's a show that I host and produce with with Lillian Devane. She's so funny. I She's love her podcast funny. so much. Yeah, she has a great podcast. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. F O H. Fuck out of here. And front of house. <laughs> That's what they say. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's about the service industry. Yeah. And I swear to God, like when I was working at Vaughn, we used to just talk about like, like if you have that type of show, it would be great. And it's great. It, it's, it is. It's good. I know. I, I think it's, uh, I mean, as far as I know, it's the only one of its kind, really. It's very, I mean, for me, I love hearing about it. I especially love their service stories because that's yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, and you're just talking shit and you're like, man, I had this customer come in last <laughs> yeah, night yeah. and they did X, Y, Z, whatever it was. Um, so I love service stories and they're and good. I, they had an episode where they shared, uh, horror stories and I shared a couple of my horror stories. I forget. I think there was like one really good on one. the show. Yeah. They, they read out loud. It was on Halloween. They oh, read. okay. Yeah. yeah. They did. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've heard them mention you. Yeah. Um, I was oh, like, I missed one. I listened well, to all of them. I don't think they talked about, I don't think they mentioned me by, mm-hmm. by name cause they just had people write in and, um, they didn't mention me by name, but okay. I, I sent in a story where I, because uh, I used to work at this place called Mazel that doesn't exist anymore, and there are many horror stories I could probably tell from there. I'm sure. But one of them was that there was this guy, Wayne, who had come in, and he had a tattoo shop down the street, and he was, you know, like, he was fine. He was definitely, like, a little bit of a loose cannon or something, mm-hmm. and he would get drunk, but whatever. I would hook him up. He was regular. Yeah. And then, like... He, he counts. Yeah. yeah. Fast forward... He, it turned out, like, brutally beat his girlfriend. Sorry, this is getting Mm. dark. But he brutally beat his girlfriend. And she posted about it. And he was, like, persona non grata, of course, all over New York. Everybody was looking for him. And he, and then. That was your story. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it turned out that he had been going by a fake name the whole time. um, And he was wanted in multiple different places for, like, arms possession and maybe for assault. And he got caught in, like. Texas going by another fake name and he had um, a whole truck full of like body armor and uh, assault rifles and all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they caught him. I forget why they caught him. Um, uh, He like, I think he did something stupid. Like he got into a fight with some Mm -hmm. gas station attendant or something. He was like a grifter. Um, I, I guess. I mean, he was going by fake names that so is long. fucking scary. But, like, he was just this violent dude. But I served him so many times, and he would hang out after hours. Was he nice? Um, yeah, he was nice to me. But, I, you know, I always was very wary of him because he had, well, because I, I'm a cancer slash intuitive. And I'm like, he's got some, like, weird energy. He's a fucking creep. He, a little bit. Like, underneath it all, I always felt a little wary. But he was nice to me. He was kind of hot, I hate to say. That's fine. <laughs> um, Maybe hot sometimes. Um but like, yeah, he and you know he would get drunk and whatever. But he was always nice to me and like nice to the people that worked there. So wow, I didn't have a reason to suspect him except that I'm like, yeah, he's a little sketchy. I just get a vibe. Well, you yeah, like you got to go with sketchy. your gut. Oh yeah, and then it turned out yeah, that that shit happened. Oh, it's crazy. That's for yeah, like you definitely, man, bartending is something else. Like I, I used to like bar, but I knew I was going to be bartender and I was like, that's going to be a rad ass job and make, it's like stripper money though. A little it's bit. Like yeah. Fucking easy. Definitely comes in. with a price. Easy, easy out. You got to like share your energy with all these people that yeah. really want it because the people that are hired have great energy. Pretty much. Some are goddamn crazy, yeah. but you know, mostly they're like 
people that can they're like diplomatic in their shit. You totally. can hold you and you hold you know everyone's business. Yeah. You can hold uh sixteen conversations at once. Yeah. You know? And um you can make money and to travel and to and to fund your art and art sure. and whatever you're doing. Definitely. Like, but yeah, it's yeah. exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to really know about you necessarily. No, I mean, they don't. Some they ask you the same shit over and over, like, oh my god, you're an artist. Like, yeah, but I've I've noticed so many times that people ask me. Well, even if people ask me about themselves, they don't really want to hear me talk about mm-hmm. myself. So I give them a real short answer, and then they're like, "Great, now I can talk about myself." <laughs> they're like, like, "Yeah, yeah, that's why you're here." Saying the thing <laughs> so that they can, they're like, "I'm gonna let you finish." Yeah, yeah, like, but yeah, I'm gonna let you. Like, finish. it's okay. You don't need to pretend you want to know about me. I don't want to tell you about me anyway. <laughs> I just want your money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally being nice to you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's the shit. So, um, how'd you end up starting the, the comedy show with Lillian? Um, actually, well, it was around the time that I was doing open mics with Amber, my friend Amber, and I originally started it with her because Jaleel, who is one of the co-owners of Max Fish and our friend, asked me if I wanted to start running a comedy show nice. there, and we had already been talking about it, me and Amber, um, who I started stand-up with, so, so we ran the show together for a year. Right, yeah. And, um, like, Hannibal I remember Burris that. I remember that. Show. Yeah, yeah, I, I fucking remember. I don't know if I yeah. came to that show, but I was there, like, that night. Yeah. Yeah. So we ran it for a while, and then at a certain point, Amber was like, I actually don't think I want to do stand-up. And I was like, that's fine. Bitch. I mean, sorry. No, <laughs> I, I was not mad at her. I could yeah. tell that she didn't want to do it, and I was like, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad that you're finally coming out and saying that, because I sure. don't want to say, you know, don't do the show anymore, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I can tell your heart's not in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. She's very funny. She does... Um, she shoots a lot of like sketches and commercials and stuff. Okay. She is really funny, but just stand up's not her thing. Okay. Um uh so yeah, so then I I don't know even why I asked Lillian to do it, but she had been she had done the show before she'd been booked on it by Amber actually. And then I think I met her at the restaurant that she worked at at mm-hmm. the time or I saw her again at the restaurant. And then, what restaurant? Does she work there still? She doesn't work there. So can she, you tell me what it is? She worked at, at Marlowe. Oh, okay. I literally listened to it and I'm like, where? But she doesn't like, work there now. It? Okay, she good. That's why I'll, tell, I asked. You, I'll yeah. tell you off the mic where she works. All now. right. Um, I'm going to pull up on you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> With a bunch of well tipping bartenders. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I know. I go there to where she works now. Nice. But, um, yeah, so that's and so then so I. So you just kind of asked her and then you yeah. started the shit and, and, and how then, it's been like a couple years now? I think. Lillian's been doing it for, I don't know, maybe only a year or mm-hmm. maybe two, one and a half, something like that. I'm not sure. All right. All right. So what's, what's, um, have you ever like fucking bombed? Yeah. Um, definitely. Let me think about some, a good bombing story. I mean, I don't know if I have an actually good bombing story. Well, okay. Let me think about this. Well, there was one time. I went, I performed at Alan's bar. Do you know, you know, Alan's? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, I forgot. He has a bar like way out there. And at the in time. In Queens or something. In Queens. Yeah. And I was like never booked on shows at the time. So I jumped at any opportunity mm-hmm. to have a, a, an actual show. But it got there and it turned out it's not really a show. Like, I don't know. The, the chick that booked me maybe is a comedian. <laughs> okay. But. Um, I could tell very early on. I was like, I'm not going to be able to get through my set. Like, mm. every Because it's just this bar of like drunk people no. and like like I don't know like working class queens like it's not the fucking dudes. venue for that shit no it's not and and also like the host wasn't great and he wasn't like doing a good job of hosting he was just saying a bunch of inflammatory shit that wasn't funny to me 
So I got up there and I like, I think maybe didn't even do any of my jokes. I literally just did crowd work the whole time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I didn't actually bomb. It was fine. I just didn't do my set, but I was like, this is crazy. And I was just talking to the people at the bar because the dudes were just yelling at me the whole time. They were just like saying shit. But um, Like heckling? I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what it was. But it it didn't even feel like heckling because I went into it being like, they're just going to talk to me. It's not like I'm at a comedy club. So it's like an interactive. Yeah, so it ended up being that. So I guess that's not really a bomb. But um, I toured opening for my friend Alex Cameron, who is a musician. And opening for music as a comedian is always a tough gig because people aren't expecting comedy. Yeah. So sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. And to be honest, actually Detroit – did not go well at all. I can see that. <laughs> it was bad. I did bomb. I can see that. I did there. bomb in Detroit. Um, but I'm trying to remember. Like, <laughs> I know that at some point this dude. I oh, so I have a sh- I have a joke about our friend Meryl. Um, I had two jokes about Meryl, and I say her by name. And this guy raised his hand in the middle of me, my set, and I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Are you talking about like Meryl?" Roffenberger or whatever, like somebody that he knows. And I was like, this is your show. You stopped my show to ask if I'm talking about the same Meryl that, you know, I'm not from here, sir. Oh like, my God. It, like they, they just could not understand. And you know, so they were just like talking back to me, but then I would tell them to kind of like shut up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then they were, it was just silence. And there was a photographer who had reached out to me to shoot photos, who was very nice, and she brought her daughter, but I got the impression that her daughter, like, hated what I was doing. I don't know. I, maybe, whatever. But How do you handle that? Um, to be honest, when it's bombing on a music show, I'm like, it's fine, because yeah. they're not here to see comedy, so sure. I, I definitely expect Because you're just warming it up. That's a possibility, yeah. Mm. Um, so it's okay. I mean, it doesn't feel good, and it, it used to be that I would probably get self-conscious, and I would start talking more. But now I just, like, take my time and I, I, I take a little bit of pleasure sometimes in bombing when if I feel like for some reason I have an upper hand on the audience. You have or, a mic. Or if I feel like I'm um, superior to the audience in some way. You're I'm on like, stage. Yeah. And you're wearing a glittery so that, outfit. Like, sure. Sometimes. <laughs> um, definitely. Sometimes. So, yeah. I mean, it's not great, but sometimes it's okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. I... You know, and I'm just like, whatever. They don't they don't know what's funny. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a time I've bombed on, like, a comedy show. Well, I did do one, this, oh, my God, I did this show one time. This guy who I don't think that, I mean, I didn't think the other comedians on his show were funny. Mm-hmm. And the host got up and was like, was like, if you guys need weed, like, hit me up. And really? And people laughed. And then he was like, haha, but seriously. And I was like, okay. You're like, oh, here's my number. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was bad. That's it was a bad weird. show. That's it was a bad weird. show, and I bombed. And I was like, well, this Where show. were you? It was, um, I think it was kind of near, what's that, um, that like communisty bar? Do you know what I'm talking about? KGB? KGB bar. <laughs> Somewhere near KGB I've bar. been in New York too long. Yeah, yeah. It was like the basement of this, um, of a like a theater mm-hmm. and there was some show going on there's some weird venues over there yeah it was some weird venue i don't know it was weird and i and i bombed <laughs> that's good yeah you gotta like i mean you gotta like fucking go it's like when i was in the band and sometimes fucking playing for the other band yeah definitely and you're like i've done that too 
you know? Um, and then other times you're fucking rocking that shit and there's a lot of people there dancing to you. Yeah. Doing your bullshit, you know? You know, bombing happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. So you got to do more directing? Directing? Yeah, because you directed, like, uh, video, like, with uh, your husband. Oh, I didn't direct that. I wrote it. Oh, you wrote it? I wrote Oh, you sketch. fucking yeah. wrote yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's no, better. I'm not, yeah, I'm not That's fucking better. No, I'm, oh, okay, okay. I'm a writer. Oh, yeah. so, so, yeah, how would, first of all, like, how is how does it work with someone that you're so legally close with? And then, like, uh, <laughs> like, um, is that, do you, do you think you're going to move kind of in that direction, or? Um... I mean, I would love to. Oh, do, you want to live on the on the stage? No, I love. I mean, I like performing and I love writing. I would love to do both. Um, I, I think that probably the solution is to write more sketches that I perform in mm-hmm. and just make them myself, mm-hmm. um, which is also what my husband would like me to do, uh, or he supports me doing. Good. It's just it's uh, it's hard to produce those things. But that that thing came about. It was an advertisement for Volcom, right? And I guess they had sent Run the Jewels um, a script that, like, didn't work for them. And then somebody from Volcom knew that I did comedy, had seen me do comedy, and was like, why don't we see if Emily can take a stab at it? Nice. That's um, dope. So, yeah, that was a really cool, that was really cool. Because on the one hand, you know, if it's me and my, if I'm making something for myself, then I feel very, very protective of what I'm writing. And I'm like, no, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. But it was a good exercise because when I'm writing it for Volcom slash Run the Jewels, I'm like, they mm-hmm. are the client. I have to please them. Right. So in that case, I'm like, my husband is the client. He's one of the clients. Mm-hmm. And so whatever he says, so like, you know, I would send drafts. I would send drafts of the script to the director and whoever was on his end would get back to me with some edits they wanted me to make. And I did probably like five or six different drafts of that script okay. before it was um, what they wanted. And also simultaneously I would send it to Jamie That's and he so would cool. get, give me edits that he wanted me to change things mm-hmm. that he wanted me to change. And, and so in the end I, you know, we had a completed script that everybody agreed on mm-hmm. and they were, they kept being like, Oh, Shaq's going to be it. And then they'd be like, Oh, Shaq's out. And then they were like, Shaq's <laughs> in it. And I'd be like, I want him to say Shazam. Yeah. 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 Or Kazam or whichever one it is. Um, I think it's Shazam. I think it's Shazam. That Shaq was in. Yeah, yeah, he was in Shazam. Yeah, because yeah. and then at the end he goes, "I am, I am Shazam." And he goes like this, <laughs> does the genie thing. Good. Um, yeah, so that I mean that was really cool. I would love to write more, more anything, even if Good. it's branded. I would love to do it. But can that, I be in the background? I'll like just walk by if I have a say. Then yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just but I mean, I should. I need to get more jobs first. Good. I, that came through because I mean, you know, that's a good look, because though. Of nepotism, of course. Yeah, it was great. That's nepotism is a fucking, that's what, you know, know. it's, I've learned in this business of, uh, well, not entertaining, but the arts, Mm -hmm. like my shit, a lot of the, I fucking work with the Biggie Smalls archive and that is how I get my work seen. It's like, I'm. Yeah. I mean, you gotta uh, take any, any opportunity. Yeah. You know, but it's like, that was, that's how I get my, that's how they look at my portfolio. And it's kind of like, I gotta be, yeah. And now is dope because they're like, oh, she's the product designer. And I'm like, yeah. oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I am actually. Also, I have these other things like fucking fucking hire me. Like, yeah. God damn it. You know, but also. Yeah, I know it's it's really hard, but it's good. It's good. Um, do you have any advice for uh, upcoming comedians or like performers? Yeah. I mean, the thing I always say is to make your own shit. And uh, that's something that, you know, Jamie has also said to me 
a bunch of times, make your own shit, but it's true. Um, you know, if you look at like Issa Rae, for instance, she got this HBO show. That's my girl. Um, yeah. Um, uh, she has her HBO show. Fuck, what's it called again? Insecure, but it Insecure. came from Awkward Black Girl. Well, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Which is a fucking gem. I love Awkward Black Girl. It's so so good. she made Awkward Black Girl, super low budget YouTube web series that she mm-hmm. made. And she made her own shit. She wrote it. It's like, you can tell it's low budget, but yeah. it's still funny. And it has the heart of what Insecure later became. Yeah. And it's because she made her own shit. And like yeah. Broad City, same thing. They used to make these love Broad that. City clips. Yeah. And they made them themselves and they promoted themselves. So they made their own shit. So yes, yeah, so what you have to do is make your own shit. That's, Ma- that's Haley Marie advice. Norman. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to cut you off the whole time. Okay. Apparently. Right. Which I've done I'm, this whole time. I didn't feel that you were. Good. I'm just like, because uh, you're my friend. Um... My so Haley Marie Norman she worked with Issa Rae. That's the woman that was on my last episode because this will come out um, now. Oh this yeah, week. you showed me her. Yeah, portrait. I literally met her because I I've, I've been going to L A. and I had uh, did on a recording with my big ass bag and I was invited to this fancy party and I didn't know anyone and I'm now I'm finding myself in those spaces where it's like I'm working in fashion and shit and they're like fashion 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 and I'm just mm-hmm. like oh feel so fucking awkward and weird. So I, I'll go in the bathroom and give myself a pep talk. Like Issa Rae. In the mirror, yeah. Yeah, like literally, literally. Yeah. Like I'll have a glass of wine. Like just go. And so I'll, I, my strategy is to talk to the most beautiful woman in the room because I figure she might also be com- uncomfortable. Yeah. And that was Haley. And uh-huh. she used to work with Issa Rae. I was like, oh, that's that girl, like that pretty girl with the hair that's like in Issa Rae's old stuff. So I uh-huh. like I think it's like you know, it's really powerful to create your own work because not only are you elevating what you're doing, you're elevating people around you and uh, surrounding other, like surrounding yourself with like other creatives and and stuff like that. Definitely. And you're not waiting around for someone else to give you an opportunity, which I've done plenty of that too. When I'm, when I'm lazy, I'm like, I hope that someone, and they won't, I mean, sometimes they do, but you can't Uh, wait around for it. Sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes I, like I got this opportunity to write that Volcom sketch and I was thrilled and it was great and it paid decently well. Um, I also had to like, I kept texting because they were like, well, we don't, we usually do this stuff in house. Like, what do you normally get paid for this? And I was like, uh, Google. Uh, yeah, Google <laughs> yeah. slash texting friends slash, and I came up with that. That's good shit. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know. You know, and it feels scary to ask for money and to, you always worry that you're going to ask for too much and like yeah. you're going to scare them off. But it's better to ask for too much. I was on a call earlier yeah, for this just deal. just say, no, we can't do that, but we can do this. And yeah. Like, Great. Yeah. Like I have a call tomorrow yeah. morning. This will be out already though. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like you have to be, you have to like protect your work yeah. and, and think of it that way. And, and they, um, they respect you if it seems like you know what you're doing. And like, for instance, yeah. with this with this job that I'm talking about, I said, I normally get paid this much for a script, but I've never been paid for a script. So I lied. <laughs> yeah. Well, in your head. <laughs> but now I have, so. Yeah, and that's what the fucking normal is. That's dope. I love your work. Thanks. You're such a you too. nice lady. Thanks. Thanks. You're, you're a nice like, lady. Too. You're a nice lady. You're fun. <laughs> and you're really pretty. Aww. Yeah. No, thanks for, um, for like, coming on here and giving me your time yeah you're i'm welcome. fucking stoked it's 2020 i know we finally made it happen 2020 baby that's good yeah i'm really i'm really excited so do you have anything you want to plug um i would just say listen to my podcast ghost to show you and um come see if i'm performing stand-up near you or something all right i don't know Follow what about me? like yeah on those uh, things ig or twitter at a pretty big mouth 
and I'll probably post whatever I'm doing. And she always has to pee. I do. Yes. You proved that already. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I pee all the time. It's the best. Yeah. You peed on one of your podcasts. You oh, guys yeah, were yeah. like actively pissing and yeah, laughing. Yeah, I know, I know. But like with Terry Gross, you know, introductions. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yes. Well, we also get drunk when we're doing ghost investigations, so we pee a lot. Good. Yeah. it's <laughs> good. Good. So, yeah. So check out, check her out. Go yeah. tell your mom. Tell your hey, mom. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. And uh, until fucking next time, you motherfucking rejects. Producing fucking rejects is done by Constance, aka moi. Theme song written and performed by me with vocal help from Leola B, Emily Panic, drums by Just Jewel, and vocals and piano by Michelle D'Angelo. Mixed and mastered by the incomparable Scotty Hart. If you like what you heard and are also a fucking reject, please leave a five star rating, leave a review, and subscribe to Fucking Rejects on iTunes. Tell a friend, tell your mom, and thank you for supporting. I love you.